Welcome to the Scare Guy Show, everybody, the official podcast of thescareguy.com, where we as writers and filmmakers and fans discuss horror films, haunt events, spooky news, and anything that's scary fun, and where we try to bring you the great discussions with some of horror's most iconic figures. And this week's guest definitely fills those shoes. She was a regular on the television series Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Knott's Landing, General Hospital, and numerous guest starring roles. She played everyone's favorite TV mom in the unauthorized Brady Bunch, the final day's film. And she portrayed the memorable character Yuda in an episode of the series Star Trek The Next Generation. And of course, she portrayed the heroic character of Alice in A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master. And its follow-up film, A Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. We are, of course, talking about the iconic actress Lisa Wilcox, our very special guest on tonight's show. Lisa, welcome to The Scare Guys Show. Hi, <laughs> thanks for having me. This is such an honor. You are such an icon in so many different ways. We've been looking forward to this um, for a while. And just, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I do have to ask you, of course, we are going to talk a little bit about um, Alice. We have to talk about Alice because it's great. But there's something really cool um, that maybe some people don't know. Your character on Star Trek The Next Generation inspired like a long living memorial, something that fans can go out and buy. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> well, it's 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 interesting because see at the end of the episode, spoiler alert if you've never seen it, but I do get phasered away. Oh. <laughs> so, but, um, and I'm actually known as the assassin, the character Utah. So um, back in the day, they used to uh, Monopoly, you know, the game Monopoly, they did, they generated um, these iconic Monopoly boards based on certain series. And one of them was Next Generation. So, um, so instead, so the properties you land on are actually characters. And I am one of the characters that you land on. (laughs) So I'm actually on the Monopoly board and I'm in the little booklet in it. And um, it's pretty cool. I, I say to my mom, well, I don't have a star on Hollywood Boulevard, but I am on the next gen Monopoly board. That will probably last even longer, even longer. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking about the Hollywood Walk of Fame and whatnot and, and, and your storied career, can you just um, give us and our fans a little bit of a taste of like, how did you get your start in Hollywood? Where, where did it start for you? Gosh, um, my start really began uh, just acting in general in Missouri, my first play. And then um, my dad landed a great job in Southern California. So we all moved out there. And I was um, a friend uh, I had met in high school, um, invited me to go on this audition at Buddy Epson's um, theater in Newport Beach. So I'm like, okay, sure, I'll come with you. So I went and I actually, at this point, I decided I wanted to go into the medical field. That was my, that was my plan. Anyway, I'm sitting in the audience and the producer of this play kept tapping my shoulder and said, you're auditioning, right? You're auditioning. I said, no, 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 no. And I'm just sitting in the audience watching the auditions happen. Anyway, she was very persistent. I finally went up, I auditioned and I landed the lead role of girl in Lanford Wilson's play, The Hot L Baltimore at an equity waiver theater. And we received drama log awards and all kinds of all kinds of things and that's definitely when I got bitten by the book and it's through my theater training that's what I all I did I went to UCLA I studied theater I have theater arts degree and that's how by doing theater there that's how I ended up with a manager and an agent 
because that's what you need so mm-hmm. they can submit you for projects. <laughs> so that's yeah. how it was. And shortly after high school, um, or sorry, college, graduating about a month after I landed a recurring role on General Hospital and pretty much work, work, worked. So anyway. Well, we're glad it worked out for you. <laughs> I took a long break though, because I did get married. I had two children and stuff and I really wanted to be you know, avail, you know, be room mom and do all that stuff. But, um, but I'm back to acting again. They're all grown up now. Fantastic. <laughs> Luke. Well, we're glad to have you back and, uh, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Cheeseman here with the uh, scareguy.com. We did, we did do our normal intros. If we're listening to audio portion, um, I'm part of the scareguy.com. I'm also a screenwriter, but it is an honor to be here with you today, Lisa. And something we do on the Scare Guy show, we we love to talk about like, so like, where did your like love of film or did you like like horror when you were younger? Like, where did those kind of origins start for you? Were, were you interested in horror? I was totally into horror. I loved um, vampires, paranormal, all of that stuff. I grew up in Missouri and uh, mom would take me and my sister to the library, like summertime and library and check out whatever. I was always checking out books about ghost stories. Um, the first novel I read, it was in fourth grade and it was not on the reading list was Dracula, Ram Stoker's Dracula. Um, and, uh, I've always been fascinated by things that are mysterious and, uh, scary, uh, uh, ever since. So it's kind of, you know, maybe not a coincidence that I ended up in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was a huge uh, Nightmare on Elm Street fan. Um, when I got the uh, opportunity to audition, I was like so excited because I absolutely loved the series and I loved um, Dream Warriors. It oh, was yeah. great. So, so yeah. Very cool. Now, moving into that, uh, can you tell us yeah, how you got that part and what that auditioning pro- process was like? Yeah, um, definitely. So, so my manager said he had submitted me for this role in Nightmare 4, and I was so excited. Um, but then he called me and he said, well, they're not going to see you. You have to understand, back then I had all, I had platinum blonde, virgin blonde hair, all the makeup. You know, I, I look like a cheerleader. I played cheerleaders. <laughs> I never was a cheerleader. That was not my thing at all. But, but I looked like, you know, that's what I, look, I didn't look like the role of it. I didn't look like Alice Johnson, what they had in mind, you know? So, um, and Annette Benson, who was the casting director, uh, she's the one who told me the story is that they auditioned hundreds and hundreds of actresses in Los Angeles, like hundreds. They couldn't find their Alice. So they went to their reject pile (laughs) and they gave me a shot to audition. So I read the script and I just loved the character. I was I totally could bond. I was a total daydreamer myself growing up. I lived in books. I just lived in books. I was such a bookworm. So anyway, I read the script. And so I just went in, I wore no makeup. I wore like I had dirty hair. I wore pale yellow, which is like my worst color. And, and I auditioned and then I had a, a callback. Um, and I think the callback was with Tuesday night, Kristen, uh, who played Kristen. And, um, Anyway, that was a Friday. I got married on a, that Sunday, 150 people wedding. And I was actually on my honeymoon when I learned that I had gotten the role of Alice Jones. Are you serious? Okay, I got to jump in here. Sorry, Jake. 
That's pretty amazing. That's that's uh, pretty. So, you know, because like I am a child of the 80s. I grew up in the 80s and the Nightmare on Elm Street films. They were just like me and my friends. We would just wait for the next one to come out. So I can't imagine being here in Hollywood. And I was back east and like they were like the biggest thing of the day. So like what was it like for you to learn that you just booked a role next to the biggest villain of the day? I mean, th this was huge probably for you. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was definitely a big deal. No question about it. And then it ended up being like this summer blockbuster. And a lot of amazing films came out that summer. But Nightmare on Elm Street, just week after week after week, Night the Dream, the Dream Master just was number one for a lot, you know, and it was, you know, articles in the paper and the reviews and all this. I mean, it was, it was really, it was, it was exciting. No, no doubt about it. It was really exciting. Very cool. Jake. Well, hi, Elisa. I'm Jake. I'm a part of the show. I do mostly cover like collectibles and stuff, but I'm a huge horror fan. I grew up with Luke. I uh, went to school since we were yeah, what, kindergarten or something. So. He actually bought these gloves and this mask, <laughs> and I took them from him. Like, we <laughs> he stole them. <laughs> <laughs> I bought those. In, I have I a bought... Freddy glove, of course, too. <laughs> I, yeah. I love my Freddy glove. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, Halloween. The, well, Halloween is like Christmas to me, and I, I totally deck the house out, and the Freddy glove is on the coffee table. And <laughs> nice. What I was just going to say, I love how um, you were talking about you know, being influenced by movies and using your imagination, uh, reading books a lot and stuff. And it reminds me of when I was a kid and I was, uh, man, I must've been six years old. And my mom and I went to a video store. We were probably going to rent, you know, an American tale or something like that. <laughs> and they had this huge cardboard cutout standee for part five, the dream child. And it's an yeah. image of Freddie sitting there like, with his claw and he's standing over this crazy looking crib it looks like something <laughs> like H mm -hmm. yeah it's like something hr giger design like spikes and all this stuff and <laughs> as a kid i'm just looking at that and i'm like i don't know what that is like i'm intrigued i'm intrigued but um, i'm terrified i don't know what it is because you know no internet like and i think i kind of knew who freddie was just because as a kid it's like playground stuff everyone like knows like the movies and stuff but like i couldn't just be like hey mom what's that what, what is that? <laughs> what's, what's going on here? Why is there a baby? Was the baby involved? What's happening? <laughs> so Most, I think that's so, thanks for sharing. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'm just saying, as like, you know, growing up in the eighties and having that using your imagination, cause I didn't see that movie, you know, obviously for years later, but for such a long time, it just lived in my head of just the poster image. I'm like, I'm making up stories in my head. Like, what is that about? You know? Yeah. And interesting. What was the first nightmare on Elm street you saw? Which one? I, a, I think the first one I saw all the way through, I think was Freddy's Dead. But I have memories of my grandma would <laughs> would always rent all these movies and she didn't know what they were. She was like, oh, there's, there, it's Halloween. I'll just, uh, Halloween time, you know, I'll just rent some scary movies. So she would rent like, <laughs> like <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street, all these things. I'm a little kid. Like I, it was like a game almost. I put it in and watch until I was like, I can't uh, take it out. You know, <laughs> and I like fast forward <laughs> parts. So I remember seeing, clips of the original but um yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of all of them and you are a big part obviously of the two of the most popular um yep. of the series was there ever any talk of you reprising your character in any of this other sequels or any future things that they ever no? no 
no, this, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that there will be a fan film. There's, those are becoming quite the thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the only way the story of Alice and Jacob are, is ever going to be resolved, you know, which is really a shame. I mean, Warner brothers has (laughs) like this little gold in their hand, you know what I mean? And I can't tell you how many people are like, what happened to Alice and Jacob? What the heck? Why is it? Why didn't they end it? You know? So I, you know, who knows? Who knows? Well, because in, in, in so many of those films, the the for lack the final girl or doesn't they she doesn't survive to the next film sometimes or in the next film she's offed very quickly. You survived, you and Jacob both. So um, let me just ask you, if if this was a real movie, what would what would they be doing today? <laughs> I you know I feel that. They may have stayed in the same town, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, but and I, I'm not a song. I'm not a screenwriter. You know, I'm just I'm not. But I definitely think that if Alice were to have her death scene, um, it would definitely have something to do with protecting her son, who would be yep. 40 now <laughs> here <laughs> or maybe my grandchild. You know, I think I think it would be. Um, I think it would be interesting to add in grandchildren, actually. Oh, that's um, really good. Yeah, that would be very interesting. Yeah. Well, we, we ran into the actor who played your son at a brewery. I didn't talk to him, but I recognized him. Like he was at a nearby brewery in Glendale. And uh, Oh, my gosh. Did you ever, what was it like working with him? And do you ever run across him or stay in touch with Wit at all? I ha- I haven't. I never did. Of course, he was just a little, little baby boy back then. You know, it wasn't like, hey, you want to trade numbers? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, no, I haven't. But I know that Peter has been trying to get in touch with him because I know there's a lot of fans that would love to get his autograph yeah. and meet him, you know? Yeah. I think the cast members that I've stayed in touch with the most definitely have been from Nightmare 4. Inevitably, don't know why, but we are like, we are, we are family. I mean, really are. Robert is like, I call him Uncle Robert, you know, (laughs) Um, and, and, you know, Tuesday night, we had a business together for almost 10 years. Um, Toy Newkirk, who played Sheila, she had moved to New York for like 10 years. When she came back to LA, she lived with me for a year. Um, Brooke Fees, who uh, Bug Girl turns into Cockroach, Debbie. She, her, my elf. I hate that scene. I know. I know that thing with that brain. Oh, you know, it's over. Rips her elbows out. Her her son and my eldest son were the same age. So we would go bowling together and stuff. So it's just, and like Danny and all all of them, we have stayed uh, really good, really good friends. That's for us that are fans, it, that, it just does our heart good because, you know, sometimes you just want to believe that there was something good that came. That's very cool to, to hear that. I, I love hearing Yeah. That. I like to say Annette Benson um, cast uh, Friendships for Life, essentially. You awesome. know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I feel really grateful because obviously all the projects and, you know, actors that we do, you do a movie, you do a series, you do, you may never see those people ever, 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 ever again you know, and that's more common doing theater. Oh my gosh. And you work hard together and all this, you would think that those were friendships would stay, but no, you just never see people again. So it's, it, I'd say it's very unusual that mm-hmm. the nightmare forecast that we have stayed 
so close. And doing conventions helps too, of course. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, Freddie, uh, what was it like the first time you met Robert? Did you meet him first in costume to get that first reaction? Or did you kind of <laughs> hang out with Robert before he's Freddie? No, I met him on set and he was in costume. Yes. Yeah? Yes, yes, he was in costume, but talking like, but he was normal, you know what I mean? Like, you know, he doesn't like stay in character all the whole day or anything like that, you know, and we had many chats in the makeup trailer um, because um, a rinse was put on my hair. I had virgin blonde hair and they asked me to, um, to make it red. And so they would put a rinse on my hair every single morning, which was quite the process and blow dry, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so Robert and I were in the makeup trailer quite a bit. <laughs> That's cool. Together. Can I ask you like, Speaking about like being on set, and I know I think that you got you did were both films filmed here in Los Angeles. Yes. So what was if you had to think back of maybe one or two something that was that stood out as one of the, the most fun scenes to film? What would what would you say? What what was one of your favorite scenes to film? Well, one of my favorite films is actually I love the moment in the kitchen uh, when Dad comes home and he's drunk. And I'm like, well, we waited a long time and I serve him a salad and he says, what am I, a rabbit? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And Alice goes into daydream and turns around and just socks it to him, man, and slams that bowl and, you know, why taking it out on me, you know, and all that. I love that moment. I think it's very, very powerful. Yeah. Um, and I love the scene in the bedroom with Andras and the fish, the fish tank thing. And I love scenes in the It's really hard to choose. All the yeah. stuff in the church was a, just a blast. Um, that was a beautiful and just wearing that too. gear mm -hmm. felt so good, you know, to, instead <laughs> of being the meek Alice, you know. But that stuff was really cool, too. I love the scene at the school and. Kristen's smoking a cigarette and sitting on the rock and we're talking about daydreams and how do you know so much? And essentially I feel like the script is just really tight and has a wonderful character arc for Alice. My gosh, you know, from what she goes and that of course is the dream role for us actors. <laughs> so I couldn't answer your question. No that, was, no, that was fantastic. Like it, I, I, <laughs> I like to feel like you're giving us a, a feel of kind of what it was like on set and, and what it was like working with all, all, all these actors and, and, and Jake, I know that you have a question. Uh, I was just going to say, you do have one of the best, um, you know, getting ready for battle montages. <laughs> you know, right? All stuff together. Right, um, I know, right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's great. And the music and everything. Oh my God, it's so yeah. cool. But it's, it's interesting, something to, to, for y'all to understand too, is that we don't film in sequence, right? That just right. doesn't happen. You're filming, you know, page 67 in the morning and then you're filming page three in the afternoon kind of thing. It's all over the place. So my biggest, like, <laughs> I had, to, I wanted it to be believable or her character art, right? So I would write in for every scene through the whole script I wrote who had died by then. So if we are doing scene 62, I'm like, oh, these two have died. So I'm at this level of strength as mm -hmm. it were, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so that, that was quite um, something I've never had to do before to maintain the consistency and believability of Alice going from so meek to, you know, so strong. So it was interesting. Yeah. And then in the middle of the, then filming, 
we were getting towards the end. I think we had about two, two or three more weeks to go. I was coming home. It was like one in the morning and I have my script bag and my purse and I'm at the, my back door and I, there's about a size 14 tennis shoes. I look up and up and up and up and there's this huge man who proceeds to mug me. Okay. Jeez. Yes. Wow. Mugs. His huge hand is, and I were, uh, glasses for driving for distance and his huge hand goes over my face and I go like this. I start, I'm screaming. And fortunately a neighbor heard the commotion upstairs. It was like one in the morning and, uh, you know, what's going on down there. Anyway, the guy then threw me on the ground. I'm like, Oh my God, let me rape. What's that? You know, and you know, again, um, and he did manage to pull my script bag. I landed on my hand, my purse, but he pulled the strap of the other bag, my script bag, and he stole my script. So oh, I no. got it. Anyway, and then moments later, my husband comes running out with a butcher knife. Because <laughs> he heard it too. And he was expecting me home, you know. So uh, anyway, just a little side note oh. there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a little bit of the seedier side of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, right? that's terrible. That's Yeah. Um, Jake or Luke? What somebody? We do only have a few minutes left here, so let's make. I just, I just said, I just said one more thing. I was going to say one of my favorite scenes in the in part four is when Robert plays the school nurse. No, I love that. Scene. <laughs> well, that was, oh, was great. Yeah, when, and the um, nails, the nails, yeah, yeah. Scary, the whole thing. Oh, that it was, was so, great. <laughs> I, I forgotten all about that. It's so funny. What well, was? It, how hard was it to to film that? I guess was he just cracking you up or? You know. <laughs> well, he was working with Kristen that day because she's the one who had oh, hit her right. head. And she oh, like, that's right. For, and for me. So I didn't even see that until oh, I saw okay. the movie, you know, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I knew <laughs> the scene because I had the script. But, you know, yeah. but yeah, that that was that was pretty that was pretty funny. Um, yeah, there's so many really that just fun moments and great lines, great music, I think, too. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were some like I remember there's some there's some music in that first one. I was like, I don't remember this song being in here. I don't remember it being from the 80s. And like today, like like one of the montage scenes, I was like, wait, I remember this. It, it was great. Luke, you had a question, something about baby Freddy, adult Freddy. What was that? Yeah, like so there's so many like Jake was mentioning, there's so many different versions of Freddy and like all his scares and things he does. You know, there's. Big Freddy, there's Baby Freddy that like you worked with. Like, what versions of him did you like the best? And was was Big Freddy or Baby Freddy scarier to you? Baby Freddy, Baby Freddy. Oh, is that not the most amazing Baby Freddy? He's so creepy. Oh, I love it. I love that. Yeah, Baby Freddy. Well, that's cool. Great, wonderful, wonderful design. <laughs> And what what other kind of like you know things did Freddie do with within your two films that you did that you thought were kind of cool? Because I know like they did that comic part and part of it that was pretty cool. The, the special effects were just amazing. I'd have yeah. to say really hold up. And once they've converted to HD, like it, it just looks amazing. They really put some time and effort into that and really kind of mastered it by then. So what were some of your like favorite scenarios that Freddie created that you know either you were part of or that were part of the film? Hmm. Um, gosh, I not sure how to answer that. Um, I, I mean, he, he all, really all I can say is that he, he said he is, he has Freddie down, you know, Freddie is seductive. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, he's playful, certainly evil. Um, and Robert has just embodied it and it physically and his posturing, his everything. He just teaches, he's, he's remarkable actor and how he's on how Freddie has evolved to, you know, what he, he, he became, you know, um, so, uh, but he, you know, he knows how to work that glove. He knows how to work the hat. He knows he just makes great choices as an actor. And the, and the sunglasses too on the beach. That was a great movie. <laughs> yeah. Love that. And how often do you Fun. see a beach scene yeah. in a horror film? It's on okay. your shirt, isn't it, Jim? Oh, Jim, do you have it? But here's Freddie at the He's, beach. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh my God. I can see. Thank you. It's one of the best things. <laughs> There is like that was such a creative thing, and it's almost like an homage to Jaws, you know, like dun 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 going through the scene. It was great. Hey, I do have that. We only have like a just a a minute left here, but I do. We can't let you go without asking you, what is? I I was reading something about Stop the Nightmare. Is is this an upcoming project or something? Can you tell us about that? You can, you guys can check it out. Um, it, hashtag stop the nightmare. Um, so this is during COVID. And in the beginning, so many actors and songwriters and co- comedians were coming up with really interesting things about COVID. Did you see um, my co- my Corona, it used to be called coronavirus, remember? And instead of my Sharona, it was like, my Corona. I mean, it's freaking hysterical, you know? And this is very early on, like March of last year, I would say. So I was thinking, gosh, I really want to contribute something. And it was like midnight. And I went, I know, I'm going to rewrite the lyrics of one, two, Freddie's coming for you. And said, one, two, Corona's coming for you. Three, <laughs> four, never see. Anyway, anyway, so came up with this idea. And then I called Heather Langenkamp. I called actor friends and, and said, hey, you want to participate in this? Absolutely. Now, we were not seeing each other. We did, and Mark Patton and Joy, five states and two countries we managed to do this. My friend in Chicago shot it with the neighbor kids permission with the moms and all that. And we put this together, this little video, you can see it on YouTube or you can go to our, the website, um, stop the nightmare, 2020. Stop the nightmare, 2020. We will make sure to link to that on the website. Yeah, That's fantastic. Any closing questions from Luke or Jake, any closing questions before we, we say goodbye? Uh, yeah. Uh, what were, the differences between Nightmare 4 and Nightmare 5 for you, like in a sense of like production or the way you perform the character, like what, what differences did you see or did the special effects go even bigger? Like what, what did you see as the difference between the two films you got Good to work on? Um, you know, we're still doing a lot of practical effects and, and whatnot. Um, I think for me, I had a lot more screen time for five and a lot more, a lot of dialogue and a lot of, acting where nothing scary was happening. You know what I mean? Trying to convince my friends, you know, this is real and what we need to do and, and all of that. So, and actually five has the least amount of screen time of, of, of Freddie, of Robert. Oh, wow. Uh, interesting enough. Yeah. Of all the films. Um, wow. So um, yeah. So I don't know. Um, it was, you know, definitely a very different subject matter. I mean, it, was, it really touched on a lot of taboo things. I yeah, mean, it abortion, did. Mm-hmm. teen pregnancy, Oh, uh, sex before marriage. Um, yeah. Oh, then we have Greta and anorexia, and bulimia, and the pressures that of, of parents. And uh, oh, we have dad who's now a recovered alcoholic. Yay! But there's so much going on in 1989. That's, that was a lot of subject matter to, oh, yeah. to cover. 
you yeah. know, uh, yeah. now those topics, we don't even, we talk about it over dinner, no big deal, you know, <laughs> but then it was, you know, much more taboo. So I always call it, I like to call it the, the brave little, brave little fuck. Brave little film. <laughs> That's cool. And Jake, last question. Jake. Oh, go hurry. Just one more. I won't, I won't ask anymore. But uh, what was like your favorite kind of like blooper or just funny moment that happened on set of either of the two films that happened? Oh, gosh. I don't think we had time. I mean, bloopers. I, I don't remember. Any, but, I, but I will say it was very interesting when we come to the church scene and I'm in my gear so now I have stunt doubles, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there would be days where I'd see like five Alice's walking around. You know, they have the wig to look like Alice. Five of me walking around. That was that was that was very very interesting. That's cool. Very interesting. That's cool. <laughs> and the other last thing too is in five, I had to wear Freddie makeup. For Did a day. you? Yes, yes. Oh, I had right, a day, yeah. and I'm telling you, <laughs> I would accidentally look in the mirror and go, "Oh my god." yeah it was uh, I was I think I had it on like 11 hours 42 minutes and six seconds okay because I can't wait to get it off (laughs) just peel it off like Robert when you're done he used to just peel it off angrily and just throw it down yes yes ripping his skin up you know whatever because yeah it's quite an amount of time to get that stuff off too oh my gosh Mm -hmm. That right. kind of makeup is pretty That's intense. Fantastic. Hey, Jake, real quick. It's got to be a quickie. If you got, do you have the last one? Yep. Uh, um, Lisa, at what age did you show your kids your movies? Oh, yeah. 13. That's about right. Yep. That's about 13. right. 13. Yeah, hey Lisa, thank you so much for being a guest with us today on the Scare Guy Show. Um, do you? It, my last question is: Where can people find you online, and, and how can people find out where they? Are you still meeting fans or is there a way for people to kind of like meet up with you or whatever? Yes, definitely. Obviously all the conventions and nothing was going on much last year, but uh, it's like, but it's an avalanche this year. Um, I have a website, Lisa E. Wilcox, my initials, Lisa E. Wilcox.com. And I'm getting much better about um, posting where I'm going to be. So you can see a bunch of places I've already done about 30,000 miles this year alone. Um, Houston, Dallas, Orlando, um, New Jersey, you know, whatever. And I have a whole bunch more coming up. Uh, so that's where you can go. Instagram is the Lisa Wilcox. Um, I don't have the little blue thing because my Facebook account got hacked and I lost my, anyway, it's the Lisa Wilcox on Instagram, which I do a lot more than I do Facebook, but I'm I'm on Facebook too. Lisa Wilcox. Thank you so much, Lisa. Uh, Where can we find you, Luke, real quick? Uh, I'm Cheeseman, and you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter at Cheese on Couch and also on The Scare Guy. Jake. Jake. I'm Jake. You can find me on Instagram at The Jacobus System, and then occasionally I'm on The Con Guy and The Scare Guy shows. You can find me at Jim Fry LA on Twitter, James D. Fry on Instagram. Just follow us here at thescareguy.com. And make sure you uh, follow Lisa, find out what she's doing. We'll make sure that we put the links here with the podcast. Lisa, thank you so much. We can't wait to find out what you're doing next. But you know what? I'm just going to go back and watch some more Freddy. I love it. Love it so much. <laughs> thank you so much. You've been so much fun today. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.